Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the skies above. Happy Earth Day to everybody. I was going to try to find some time this morning before we went live to find out the history of Earth Day. But suffice it to say, I didn't have enough time for that. Uh, but I just want to remind everybody that we have only one planet that we live on. Let's take care of her. Let's honor her and respect her. And I know I'm sort of preaching to the choir here because I know all of you are great uh, and grand Earth supporters. And it isn't, it's really interesting to me today that it's Earth Day and the moon is supporting Earth by being in an Earth sign. Today, the moon is in the sign of Capricorn. And Capricorn is a pretty powerful Earth sign, and we're going to talk more about that. And as well today, we are going to talk about all things Mercury. Mercury is the only planet that's actually doing any real Watusiing, dancing, as it were, uh, this weekend. So we want to take a look at that because he's also next week going to be, he's been slowing down. And he is going to be slowing down enough to be entering the shadow period of the next retrograde. And that retrograde will occur also in about two weeks. I think it's May 10th. And um, we'll want to talk about what is this retrograde going to be about. We'll talk about that more next week, maybe, uh, or even the week after that. But I want to talk about what the Mercury transits are this weekend that we want to be paying attention to. and then. I'm going to add something a little spicy to our morning this morning by talking about fixed stars. There's a fixed star on my mind that I want to share with you. And then as well, I have a new, there's a, a new me uh, in offerings the sessions that I'm going to be offering for people. And so I want to talk about that. So first, let's say good morning to everybody that's checking in with us. Let's see. I see Tom out there. Good morning to you, Tom. I, by the way, sent your CD off to you on Tuesday. Uh, the post office told me seven to 10 days you should get it. So be looking for that. Christine Buckingham, good morning to you. Susie Gemini, hello. Awesome. Tanya, it is awesome to see you. And uh, let's see who else. Kajella, good morning to you and anybody else out there who has not yet checked in with us. It is good to have you with us this morning. So today, as I said, is Earth Day. So we get to honor the, the ground that we walk on, right? We get to honor everything that is about the nature of our earthly planet. Interesting today, the sun is out for us. So it's like, yes, I want to go outside. But of course, I have a busy day and I won't be able to do that till later. But that's okay. I will still get out and honor Mother Earth. Maybe I'll just get my hands in my uh, garden and start the process of getting the plants ready for summer. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the moon in Capricorn. So the moon has been in Capricorn since, let's see, later evening on Wednesday, the 20th. And so we are in the later degrees of the moon's transit through the sign of Capricorn. In fact, when I saw it this morning, first thing, it was at 20 degrees, 14 minutes of Capricorn, which means it has entered the third decan of that sign. Remember, decans take a sign, split it into three parts. The first 10 degrees or first nine degrees of that sign is the most like that sign. 
So the most Capricorn would have been from zero to nine degrees. Then from 10 to 19 degrees, it would have been the uh, second most, second earth sign from that, which would have been Taurus. So it would have had Capricorn with a Taurus flare. And now in these last uh, 10 degrees of the sign, it is Capricorn with a Virgo flare. So it is, uh, it has a sort of energy for us to be more organized, uh, to take that earthly practicalness and apply it to the mess that might be our desks <laughs> or kitchens or wherever, whatever, to organize, to bring things into a more perfected state, to detoxify even uh, the environment that we are in. So doing things that can also help the earth would be a part of our experience today. Now at 11.18 p.m. my time, so West Coast time, so that's going to put it early morning tomorrow morning for most of you on the East Coast and further off into Europe, you are going to, uh, we're going to see the moon move out of Capricorn and into Aquarius. That means that we will have um, this, the, the moon in a different place for the weekend. But let's, because you know, we have an earth focus today. Let's focus on where the earth is. Uh, I mean, where the moon is and how it's affecting us here on earth. That sounds like a good plan to me. Uh, let's see who else is out there. JLo, good morning to you and Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel. Any chance for a birthday card? Oh, yes. We'll save some time for you and also for JLo, whose birthday is the same day as yours. And a lady named Jan Landry contacted me and said, oh, yeah, my birthday is 423 as well. And I don't know, Jan, if you're out there or if you listen later. So uh, I can't tell, but you'll hear your card reading as well. Okay, so we have that. Now, let's take a look a little differently at what Capricorn energy is all about. I want to look at what the light is and what the more shadowy parts are. So all of you get your, your uh, astrology charts out. And let's take a look at where Capricorn is in your own chart. In my personal chart, Capricorn sits on my seventh house, I do believe. I do believe. <laughs> yes, because I have a cancer rising. So Capricorn sits on my seventh house. So what I would do is I would focus in on everything to do with business partnerships, with um, my marriage or with any of the relationships that are in my life and what that those relationships might be showing me. If you have Capricorn on the second house, let's say, then you might want to be looking at this light and shadow energy in terms of your money or your self-worth and the values that you hold, because that would be where that's going to show up in your life. So if you have questions about that, you can certainly ask them in the chat. But what I want to avoid is getting, you know, into too much about what the houses mean, because I want to spend some time talking about where uh, we can look at this in terms of light and the shadow. So when, so the matters of the house that you have Capricorn in are where, when you're working it in the light, the uh, energy is responsible. You are being responsible. And we can look at response ability or we can look at it as responsibility. So either way you want to look at it. So responsibility, meaning the things that I have to do in order to keep my life in order, to keep things moving forward, to keep my word, my commitments that I've made to people or, you know, to my family or, or what have you. And then on the other hand, we could look at it as response ability, which is our ability to respond 
to what is going on in our lives and not react, which would be the opposite and the not so positive way for us to deal with our lives. And there's a lot going on still in the sky, even though right now there's not a lot of new transits. Those planets are still packed in. Look at that, right? They're all packed in. And if you look at the other part of the chart down here, there's not much. So there are some key places in our lives, in our charts, that are being powered right now, right? Or that might even be confusing, right? When you put so many planets together in one spot, it's hard to tease out, well, what is it showing me? Like if I was looking at your own personal charts right now, what I would see is this preponderance of planets that are in one part of the chart. And that might be a source of confusion or uh, identity crisis um, of uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, waffling in your decision-making processes because there's so much that you could do, so much that you could be. So the key here is not to get caught up in the emotionalism of all of that, you know, Capricorn as an earth sign can be very judicious and very circumspect in what it chooses to do. So we have that responsibility. What is the world showing you? And then how do I put myself out there to uh, be in that energy? Now, uh, the light energy here is also the discipline it takes to do these things, to be consistent, to be committed. Capricorn is a sign of commitment right? It's word is its bond. It's word. The word is our uh, reputation. So reputation important here and being disciplined and holding to your commitments is a good thing. Now that's different from getting stuck. And we're going to talk about that in the more shadowy energy. So I'm not talking about staying stuck in old situations or in, you know, intolerable uh, situations, but I am saying to be dis disciplined and honor your commitments, right? And if you can't honor the commitment that you have made, then the honorable thing to do, which is another light word for Capricorn, is to find a way out of that, to be honest enough to go to somebody and say, I can't keep this commitment, or to find a way to uh, help without, you know, getting yourself caught up in a bad reputation kind of situation. There's also success here. When we are working our lives in positive ways, when we are honoring the commitments, when we are being responsible, when we are disciplined, success comes to us. Reward, recognition, uh, people noticing who you are and what you're doing. And that's an important thing to remember because Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn. And we often think of Capricorn or Saturn as the, the, the grim reaper kind of energy, right? The, the meter out of karma. Interesting, guys. There's a show on, um, God, what was it? I think it's on Netflix, right? It was on Netflix because I was trying to watch a show on Hulu and it wouldn't let me. So I had to go to Netflix and it's a show called, oh, I'm going to have to find it for you under, in the hole, under the earth or something like that. And it's about a, a ranch in Wyoming where a giant hole has been ripped into the fabric of the earth. And that hole was made by Kronos. Well, who is Kronos? Saturn. And it is a point of entry into a time warp. So it's a, if you fall through the hole, 
you end up in a different time loop. And then people come and go out of this hole. And then I got to the end, the last episode, which there's only like four episodes, five episodes, and then it was done. There are no more. So now I got to figure out, are they making more or what? But I'll, I'll post the name of that show because it was so fascinating to watch um, and to see how now aspects of astrology are creeping into uh, the things that we watch, right? Into the popular culture. So outer range, that's it. Thanks, Debbie. Thanks, Debbie. Outer range. And she says she's watching it too. So I probably shouldn't tell you the ending or how it ends. Uh, but anyway, that's it's a great show. Uh, not necessarily a high order topic, but just fascinating nonetheless because it's out there. It is a it it is it's not really too scary, Christine, but it does have some elements that can trigger some fears in all of us, but worth watching. All right. So more about the light of Capricorn, the light of Saturn, right? If we're talking about the light of Capricorn, we're talking about the light of Saturn, and we're talking about the light of your 10th house in your chart as well, perhaps. So we want to keep in mind that these, those three things kind of dovetail together. And then, so if we have success, then we are also grounded, grounded in reality, in um, the, the way that we are approaching the things that we do. And we have um, a, a sign that in its power seizes and creates opportunities, all kinds of opportunities to, to engage in the world in using its gifts and its talents, right? That in serving the world in a better capacity or a higher capacity. And it leads by example, right? This is a sign that when it's working in its best, people look at and go, they, they can marvel at how this person can get so much done, can be so successful, can be such a light for the organization or um, uh, job that they're doing. So then there's also, and this is a word that some of you might go, really? Capricorn? Joyfulness. Joyfulness. When we are in the light of Capricorn energy, it's joyfulness. So the moon moving through Capricorn, if we're working it in the light, are going to bring up the emotions and the inner satisfaction from these positive expressions of that energy. Okay. Now let's take a look at the uh, shadows, right? Because we can't, we have both, right? We can't live one without the other. So it's this, you know, different side of the same coin. So the coin is Capricorn, light of Capricorn were the things that we just talked about. And then the shadow of Capricorn can be things like rigid attitudes. And here's where stuckness happens, right? We get caught up in a belief system. We get caught up in our thinking. The thinking gets rutted. It gets stuck. And we can be, they can over time turn into what is rigid attitudes, we can also then have a narrowed point of view. It's like having blinders on and all we can see is what's right in front of us and get the wide angle camera out and you can see a whole lot bigger, right? If we move our head up, then we can see what's above. If we look down, we can see what's below. But too many times we get our blinders on. So this sign in its shadow is the blinders, the narrowed point of view. So of course, then the opposite would be that we want to broaden our points of view. Scarcity mindset. We have an earth sign. It is related to how we attract things to us that we need for survival. It's not as survival oriented as Taurus, 
And yet there's still that, that earth sign that I have to have all my needs taken care of. The opposite sign of Capricorn is cancer. It is a sign that is very security oriented. They form an axis. So we can't ignore the parts of cancer that feed into Capricorn energy. So the scarcity mindset can keep us caught up in a point of view that sees the world only in terms of what I have right now or what's going on for me right now. It doesn't see the source of what is happening right now, nor can it see that if I changed something here that I could change what's happening in my future. And it can be fear governed as well. So if it gets caught up in those mindsets that are narrowed, it can create the triggers to fears. And then now we're living through the splenic awareness of fear, right? Paralysis even occurring because we're stuck, right? So stuck is like the overall shadow energy that is playing out in these different ways. Greedy and opportunistic. Um, there's a ruthlessness to the shadow here in Capricorn. When you can think of people who greedily climb the corporate ladder, who are willing to step on whoever it is and even do underhanded things to get ahead in life, that is part of the shadow of Capricorn. And at the opposite of the joyfulness that Capricorn in the light can experience and express is the depressed, stern, no joy uh, of the shadow energy here. So we have uh, a lot of interesting things that we can experience through today that are being triggered by the moon through the last 10 degrees of uh, Capricorn. Uh, let's see how everybody's doing out here. Um, the title of the series is Outer Range, Tom, Outer Range. It is strangely cool and weird, as Debbie said. It is it's worth watching, right? It caught my attention. Terry walked away, right? It wasn't up his alley. He had some other thing he was watching, but I got caught up in it and I couldn't let go. Uh, so Susie, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I don't know what that's about, but that's funny. Uh, Leilani, good morning to you. Sylvester Miller, great to see you. I know Capricorn all too well. I have Mercury, Mars, Venus, Uranus, Saturn, Neptune, and I have Cancer and Jupiter. Wow, that's a lot. That is a lot. So this is one of those times then you're being lit up like a Christmas tree because the moon moving through Capricorn is going to light up all of your personal, all those personal planets, Mercury, Mars, Venus, some of your outer planets. And as well, the transiting um, uh, moon is going to be moving through to a conjunction with Pluto later today. So we have a very powerful connection uh, where power struggles, perhaps, or very powerful, deep emotions that might, you know, come up to the surface for us to uh, take care of or, or work through. And because you have so many planets there, Sylvester, they can be trigger points for you. So try to stay in the flow of the light today, right? And deal with things as they come up. Don't bury your head in the sand. That is definitely not a way to take care of Capricornian issues as they show up in your life. Um, let's see, uh, Kajella, natal moon in Capricorn in the fourth house. So you, Kajella, are having what we would say is a lunar return, right? I don't know what degree your moon is at. If you know what degree, then you'll, you can tell us, um, whether that happened yesterday or the day before, or is that, you know, in the last 10 degrees, something that's going to happen today, but that is an, a lunar return and it's sort of akin to a new moon 
right? For each of us, even though it's not technically a new moon for you, it is right. Because it's, it represents the beginning again of your moon cycle. So you might feel very empowered, right? Very alive and very intentional uh, during these next couple of days. I love it. The 13 degrees. So you had that happen likely in the middle of the night or later yesterday. So yay. Tom says, I have Saturn in Capricorn at 29 degrees. I have that at 28 degrees. I know it's kind of crazy because we both have Pluto sitting on top of our natal Saturns, Tom. We're in a crunch, right? We are, we are having to crunch through uh, all of the old strictures and structures and forms that we've created that weren't true for us. And it's happening in my seventh house of relationship. I think it's probably, see, you have it in Capricorn, you have a Virgo rising. So it's likely happening uh, maybe in your fifth house, sixth house, maybe somewhere around there. Take a look and see. Um, and Susie Gemini Saturn is happy there for you, Tom. <laughs> uh, it certainly is a culmination point, Tom. So that's kind of what I, I would like you to think about this as a culmination point, meaning it is the bringing together of all of the Capricorn experiences through this lifetime and any other lifetimes as well, where you were called to duty to be responsible and you shirked that. And then how you turn that corner and become more and more responsible, more and more willing to deep, to dive deep into the emotions, the hurts, the wounds, and create opportunities for yourself to heal. So that's a, it's a great place. Janet, it's a symphony of letting go. I love that. So poetic. I love that. You could create a song. Tom, you're a songer, a singer. Can you write songs? Write a song called, it's a, a symphony of letting go. I think that would be a great musical piece. Sylvester, thank you so much for the advice. I am at I am at joy for I have finally got my caterer, my caterer removed, caterer removed, catheter maybe removed, and my kidney transplant application is turned in. Well, hallelujah. We'll keep some good thoughts out there for you, Sylvester. Awesome, Tanya. I have Pluto on top of my Mercury and Pallas and two degrees from my moon. So you're going to want to pay attention when we start talking about the Mercury energy for this weekend, Tanya. Tom says duty. Uh, Christine, that's awesome, Sylvester. So did I miss any questions? I don't think I did, but I'll come back to this. So Let's take a look at then what is happening further this weekend with our friend Mercury. Today, Mercury is at 21 degrees of Taurus, uh, 21 degrees 02 minutes. So just barely into that 21st degree. And that puts the planet Mercury, which rules the mind and communication, curiosity, transportation, taking short trips, Gemini kind of energy. So there can be restlessness, a very busy mind, but in Taurus, slowing it down, right? And it puts Mercury in a darn near bullet burn conjunction with the North Node, the transiting North Node. And that also puts Mercury then in an opposition to the South Node. So let's look at it like this. We now have Mercury uh, aligning itself with the axis of destiny. And we know from the, the conversations we've had about this, that the Taurus axis, the Taurus uh, Scorpio axis, 
with the nodes, the south node in Scorpio, the north node in Taurus, is about what are we having to let go of? What are we having to move through in order to get to the other side, right? To move ourselves out of our stuck places. And so when we have Mercury coming to rest at the North Node, it engages that ability for us to simplify our lives, perhaps, because in Taurus, it's the simple that is the beautiful, right? It's the simple, not the complex. It's the simple pleasures in life. It is the sensual in life. And Mercury in Taurus can take us out of the hotbed of scattered thinking that our minds can be at times. So beautifying, simplifying, and thinking and speaking more deliberately. So we have, what are we speaking to in this case? Remember that the North Node in Taurus is pulling us to become more abundant, to see the earth and our part, our roles in it in a different way. And it may not be your personal North Node, um, but it is affecting us. It's affecting us all because it's a collective experience. And so we are slowing it down for the moment to be able to think more clearly, to see the situations that we're in more clearly, and to be more deliberate in what it is that we are creating. Does everybody understand that? Deliberation here. That means that I'm very aware of where my thoughts are, of what I'm speaking, because words have power, right? Words have power. And uh, that is then creative energy. So what are we creating? It goes back to that. And as well, there's a, an energy here that reminds me about what it is that we have in our in our minds, our hearts, and our souls about um, who we want to be what we want to create, where do we want to go, our vision, our dream. And it's interesting because Taurus is squaring the sign. So Taurus, the sign is squaring the sign of Aquarius. So Taurus is the deliberate manifestation of something. And Aquarius rules the 11th house of the dream or vision that we hold, as well as humanitarianism and our friendships and things like that. A square, though, they're kind of challenging one another. And I was thinking about this, uh, who I don't know who I was talking to the other day, might have been Asa, we were talking about the biggest challenge that we have sometimes is trying to figure out what we want. What do I want is the hardest question. And I mean, we might know, oh, yeah, I want a cup of coffee. That's not, there's no skin off our nose for that one, right? It's like, yeah, okay. Now put like 15 flavors in front of me and I might not be able to tell you what kind of coffee I want. And that happens to us a lot of times in life is that we have this, you know, plethora of opportunities that are in front of us. Now, which one do I pick? What do I choose? So that can become a problem for us. So we have to get clear about, we have to simplify, get down to the brass tacks of what's most important to us. Because Taurus aligns us with what? Our values, our values. So if you're trying to determine, well, what do I want in my life? It has to align with what you really value. If you value, for example, peace and beauty, then the choices are going to lead you toward more peace and beauty right? If you value monetary success, then the choices you're going to make are going to lead you to that. If you value health and wellness, the choices you make are going to lead you to that, right? So that 
this time period is really about getting more deliberate in aligning ourselves to our values and deliberately creating the pathway toward them, like clearing the path of all the things that don't resonate so that we're in alignment with where we want to go. So slowing down enough to do that can be a challenge with Mercury. Mercury is, you know, a sign that wants to move fast, but here he's slowing down. And in slowing down, he gives us more opportunities to get clarity around what it is that is correct for us, what it is that we truly want. And uh, here's where I'm going to go into something new for everybody. I have this app on my phone now, and I want to go tell you what it is because I know you'll ask me. It is called Time Nomad. Time Nomad is an astrological program. It's not as user-friendly, I think, as, uh, say, Time Passages, another app that I have on my phone that I love to use for charts. Um, but what it does do that others that I've seen don't is tell us what the fixed stars are, the fixed star alignments. And you all know that's where I'm headed, right? I'm headed to these fixed star alignments because I feel like they take us to something, an ancient wisdom that we may have forgotten in our hustle bustle modern world. So taking us back to a fixed star connection with this weekend with Mercury in a square to Saturn. So now we have the mind and thinking in a square to Saturn and Saturn in Aquarius, right? And we've just talked a lot about Capricorn, one of the other signs that Saturn rules and Saturn is a co-ruler of Aquarius. So we have a lot of Saturn energy. And now I'm going to tell you that Saturn is sitting in a conjunction with a fixed star called Deneb al -Gidi. And that means that Mercury is in an opposition to Deneb al -Gidi. So we have uh, a square to it, and I mean in a square, excuse me, not an opposition, Mercury in a square to Deneb al -Gidi. And squares are challenges. Now, what does this star mean? Well, I looked it up. Uh, I have a lot of different places I could look it up. And the most interesting thing that I saw is that I noticed this week, and this has been in, you know, an applying uh, conjunction for the last two weeks uh, to the star. And what I noticed this week, at least here in the USA, there were a lot of things that the, the Supreme Court were handing down, the courts, right? There seemed to be a lot of law, uh, precedent, setting stuff, um, changes the Supreme Court, you know, rendering decisions on uh, cases that it had in its docket. And interesting because Saturn and uh, Deneb Al-Gidi have the energy about the law. It holds about justice. It holds the energy of the judicial system and how the laws work. So seeing the court bringing down these different decisions is in keeping with Saturn in that conjunction with Deneb Al-Gidi. And it is a star that moves Saturn. It's very Saturn-like, but it's moving Saturn to gain wisdom. So wisdom is one of the light that energies that we could think of for Capricorn. So we have this wonderful little weaving of this story of the moon moving through Capricorn, taking us inward for a look at where are we, where's our wisdom, right? The wisdom that we need. And the light of responsibility and discipline and, and you know, being successful. And fairness is another key word here for uh, Saturn conjunct uh, uh, Deneb al-Gedi, which, by the way, is a fixed star in the tail of the sea goat Capricorn. So remember, we're talking about zodiacally 
Saturn is moving through Aquarius. But when we look up at the sky, Saturn is technically in the constellation of Capricorn. And that's because of precession of the equinoxes where astrology hasn't kept, uh, tropical astrology has not kept with the actual placement of the planets in the constellations, right? It drifted. It's drifted over the last 2,500 years or so. So we have sometimes a situation like now where Saturn is technically speaking in a conjunction to Denabal Getty in the tail of the sea goat, the symbol of the constellation Capricorn, but we see it in our charts in the sign of Aquarius. Does that make sense or did I just confuse everybody? Let me know, let me know. So fairness, thoroughness, right? So we have the very practical uh, star qualities here that bring us into a judicial awareness, a fairness, using wisdom. You know, when we look at the law, isn't it the symbol, you know, it's it's sort of the the scales, there's the, the, the goddess of wisdom blinded, like justice is blind, it's dealing with fairness and wisdom. It's not about what it sees, who it sees, or who's asking the question, it's how does the law pertain to this, and how do we make a fair um, a, a rendering of the interpretation of the law? Well, we know here in the U.S. that gets screwed up all the time, but in this sense what we have to go to is what is fair what is wise and what it, how do we read the letters of the law so it's kind of fun to think about how all of this goes together and a, a little bit now the the moon having moving through um aquarius this weekend is also going to bump into saturn it'll happen more like sunday or maybe even monday and the moon is going to come to deneb al getty so we, we see the planets moving across the backdrop of these stars. These stars are in constellations or systems that have meaning, right? Um, there's a really, I find this book useful sometimes and not useful other times. So it just depends on how interested you are. Star and Planet Combinations by Bernadette Brady. And Deneb happens to be one of the stars that she has in here. I had it opened. I closed it somehow. And here we go. I'm going to show you a picture. There's where Deneb Al-Gidi is at the tail of the sea goat, right? So it's in the constellation of Capricorn. And I'm sorry, that's kind of going in and out of focus, but there you have it, right? And then when we look at what this means, the principle of Deneb Al-Gidi, the ancient lawgiver, this star is symbolic of a lawgiving, justice-orientated, ancient god who was seeking to bring civilization to his people. Such a symbol continues to be reflected in the laws of the establishment and the structure of civilizations that yield ordered societies. In therefore, the star brings to one's chart a stabilizing, authoritarian, and conservative nature, but always focused on what is considered by society to be best for the individual. And if we look at Mercury, which is the uh, planet that is triggering a square or a challenge to said laws, conservation and uh, authoritarianism. It says, this is one who needs to be wise. It brings up the focus on wisdom to be known as fair in one's negotiations, to have an attitude of thoroughness in one's work and a time when the institution of law is in the news. Whoa, right? fits perfectly with what it is that we are talking about here. And I, I love 
that kind of connection because now we can see a bigger picture. Now we can sort of see that there's more than just the evidence of, oh, Saturn's here uh, in this sign. And so these things happen, or this is, you know, possibility. Uh, we have a fixed star in the neighborhood that also brings us his wisdom or her wisdom to the table in this case. Uh, so let's see what's going on here. Susie, I could be wrong because my Saturn is in Gemini, but I think I looked this up in sidereal. Yeah, sidereal astrology did keep in with the, the constellations. So in sidereal astrology, you would definitely have planets in the actual constellations that they are in. Now, I'm going to go way out in left field here. <laughs> I love going out into left field because I, I can bring back some really interesting things here. Out of left field, I would say that the drift from the procession of the equinoxes and how we align ourselves astrologically to a chart based on the tropical zodiac is an indication of where we might have strayed from our soul's purpose, from the intention, if you will, of what it is that we, our mission, our life purpose, our reason for being. So when we look then at the sidereal you, the sidereal astrology, astrological you, are we then seeing the origin of your soul's mission here on earth at least? And maybe the difference between the two could show us how you get back to who you're meant to be? I don't know, but I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this and I've been thinking about this and I haven't done anything about it. So maybe it's time for me to use my Capricorn moon energy this, <laughs> um, this weekend to bring that back, right? To be, you know, really looking at that because it's interesting in human design too, right? When we look at a human design chart through genetic matrix, especially we can look at it there. And when we look at it in genetic matrix, we can choose a sidereal chart. So we can see both the straying and the, maybe the, the truth, the authentic. I don't know. We'll have to test that some more and maybe we'll do some of that work. But this really brings me to something that I want to share with all of you because my work is changing focus and, um, and it's been in the, in, in, in this process for a while, probably since about, I don't know, last fall. Um, but I didn't know where I was going with it. But now I know where I'm going, right? Suddenly it's dawned on me where I'm going. And what where I'm going is to a soul discovery experience. That's going to be, that's the name of the, the my signature, if you will, of what it is I'm going to be doing from now on. And all those pieces aren't complete yet but they are almost ready. So I'm ready to present it because there are certain key steps that you will have to take in this soul discovery experience that I'm working on. The first, of course, is to have a human design reading. And you don't have, the, have to have the most expensive one. You can have the basic uh, reading, but you have, had, you have to have had that reading within the last year. It doesn't even have to have been by me. Because a lot of the next work that we'll do after that point is adjusting your soul to what your human design is, but in a different way than what you think. So the second 
step in your soul discovery uh, experience is called a soul alignment session. Now, I got to thank awesome Tanya out there and Gay Burkholtz. If you ever, I don't know if you watch the show, but if you're out there, I have to thank you two ladies because you pushed me into doing this. You actually made me make the decision to go out and do this. So they're the reason why this reading or this session is now available to all of you who have had a human design reading. And it is a part of the soul discovery experience, but it is called a soul alignment session. And I am offering this as an introduction for $89. So typically, I think this is probably going to be more like $100, maybe a little more. But for right now, I'm offering it $89. And what this reading does is look at you at soul level. Who are you at soul level? And there are many different ways that we can look at this. We're going to look at your soul color. I spent a good chunk of yesterday afternoon doing the soul colors of all of my family. Fascinating. They were fascinated. I couldn't even believe how spot on it was because I wanted to make sure that was something that I could bring into this group that would make sense to you. It made sense to my family who are not particularly, I mean, they're becoming more woo woo, but they, you know, they have no idea what I'm, you know, what a soul color might be. So mm, they were like totally open and they got it. So your soul's color, what is your soul's gift through your purpose? Right. We talked about that one Friday, a couple of weeks back. And uh, there, you know, I laid out what the eight uh, soul purposes were or the soul primary soul gifts that we each have. And some of you were, you know, got we can understand when you are aligned with your soul purpose. It is a, an attractive force for abundance. Of all of all sorts. So we're not just talking my making money, but abundance of all sorts, right? We're also going to look at your soul group of origin because we all had are all part of a soul group. And we all were birthed as souls as a part of a group. And so the origin of your soul holds some key uh, points to who it is you are here on earth. We're going to take a look at your soul's vibration level. What frequency are you at? And what is your soul's profile in that way, right? What, what are, what is your connection to source and how is that? Is there something there that you need to know about how to connect with that? This is a one hour session. It is recorded as I record all my sessions. The prerequisite is to have had a, pr a prior human design reading. So I don't know how long I'm going to offer this at $89, but where this leads you to is my next part of the soul discovery experience, which is going to be galactic astrology. Now, having uh, an understanding of who you are at soul level, we're going to take a look at all the places in the universe that your soul has been. We're going to take a look at your travels through the galaxies and how do those experiences affect the lifetime that you're in right now. And then lastly, um, and the, this part isn't ready yet because I'm still in the process of learning this, is a soul realignment session. Now that we know who you're here to be, now that we know what your soul's orig origin is and who you are at soul level, now we know how you've come to be who you are now in this lifetime, we can go about the process of realigning you to your original soul purpose. 
I tell you, I get so excited about thinking about doing this work because it can be so impactful, right? To helping people get on the right track. Now, don't worry. I still will offer human design readings, but I'm going to turn over astrology work to Asa. So Asa is she's out there. She's listening. She's probably having a conniption fit at the moment. So if you are someone who wants an astrology reading, now I'm going to use your astrology in applying all of these things as well, right? I can't not look at your astrology. Um, but if you are someone who wants a solar return or someone who wants a natal chart reading or a transit reading, those I'm going to turn over to Asa. She's been training with me for, I don't know how long now, Asa, almost two years, maybe something like that. And I'm confident that she can take you on the same trip through astrology that I could. And of course, she always has me to look to for ad advice or help if she is, you know, stuck on something. So that is what's new. Super exciting, right? Now, um, in the process, of course, there are some of you out there that I'm going to put up a link in a minute so that you can purchase and schedule your soul alignment session with me. But some of you out there, I don't want you going out and purchasing it because you're my test clients, right? So you know who you are, hopefully. So don't go, if, if, you, if you have been contacted by me about being a test client, a test, uh, a, what, what did I call you? Uh, <laughs> a guinea pig, <gasps> test client. Let's just keep it at that. Um, don't go purchasing this. Okay, don't purchase the reading because I'll have to refund your money to you because you are already going to be going through this process with me as a, as a, a, a test. Okay. So that would be, you, you know who you are. If you're not sure if you're one of those, you can certainly let me know. Um, now here's the link. I've got to go get the link so I can share it for everybody. Um, copy. And again, since I do not know how long I will keep this at this price, because I have no idea yet how this is going to play out, I'm assuming uh, there's the link. It's in the chat, and I can actually show it on the screen as well. That will take you to the calendar where you can schedule and pay for this soul alignment reading. But again, it's going to be based on your human design or partly based in your human design. I have to be able to have both. And I have to have you understand who you are, basically. Just the basics, your type, your strategy, your authority, and the role that you're here to play. And maybe some, you know, memory of, oh, yes, I'm a an emotional projector or I'm a whatever, right? So, right, you got you to gotta have that as the backdrop. So, there is also an $89, I just lowered the uh, refresher human design reading and the three keys or basic astrology reading to $89 as well. So if you're someone who needs that, you can get that basic reading for 89 and then schedule your soul alignment reading also for 89. All right. I'm so excited. Okay. Now, uh, Debbie's already out there. Asa saying, oh, Asa, I need a solar return reading. I don't know how to contact you. Good one, Debbie. We need to know how to contact Asa. So Asa, I'm going to put up your, um, uh, I'm going to put it in the chat, your, uh, email address, asa at libradreams.com, right? 
well, I put it out there. If that's wrong, you'll have to correct it. <laughs> uh, Recheck the link. What do you mean, check the link, Tom? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Let me check the link. Maybe I screwed it up somehow. Uh, copy. Paste and go. It takes you right to it. It's called sole purpose reading. I might need to change that verbiage. And there you have it. It does, the link works. Okay. Um, and yes, uh, Asa said, Tom, I don't know. Maybe it did it not. I just followed the link though, and it took me right there. So maybe try it again, copy and paste it and put it in a new window and see, because I just checked the link when you said that, and it took me right to the page. So somebody else check it too, and see if there's, uh, you know, if it's just something going on, um, but hopefully it worked and she found it. Okay. Christine got it. Good. Uh, and it's working for JLo. JLo, you are one of them. Do not pay for this reading, right? Don't do that because I already have yours. I already have yours. Okay. And uh, anyway, perfect. So now let's do some card readings. We have about 10 or 15 minutes. I have birthday girls out there, JLo and Debbie tibbetts Tumiel. And uh, let's get theirs done. Debbie and JLo, tell me what deck you would like me to pull a card for you for um, your birthdays. I'm getting inklings, but I want to know from you. Uh, in the meantime, what else can we talk about while I'm waiting for them to text, tag in and tell me what they want? Um, oh, there is another Mercury connection this weekend, and that is Mercury in a sextile to Neptune. Neptune, the planet of spirit, the planet of, you know, God or source, that universal mind, whatever you want to call it. And it is a connection that brings us inspiration. It is also intuitive. We might be having big intuitive leaps this weekend. We might be having, you know, time. Maybe it is a time to deliberately get into contemplation, to take some time for contemplation. So be thinking about that as well, because Mercury is also taking us on that adventure with Neptune, right? Elevating the mind to be thinking from the, the higher self, right? The broader picture. Um, on April 26th, shadow zone Mercury starts and on the 29th, Mercury will move into Gemini. And Debbie says, any deck I trust you, JLo, maybe you have a VPN. What's a, I don't know what that is. Maybe you're talking to, to Tom. Um, okay, so Debbie. Debbie. I, this is the first time I think I've ever gotten this for you, that you need a, a Mayan card. So a Mayan card. And this card, what I'm going to ask of it, is to show us the most important thing you need to know, the intention for the card in this respect, the most important thing you need to know about your upcoming year, all right? Your solar return. And it is universal movement. Now, here's the card. It's a numbered card, so it's a universal um, number. And the bars in the Mayan system were five, so we have five, 10, 11, 12, 13. So we have the lucky 13, the sacred 13 as a number representing your experience for this year. But now, I forgot I need the book. So we can take a look at what does this 13 mean for you? What is it that you're going to focus on universal movement. The 13th tone calls forth the greater pattern 
the hand of fate beckons and then catapults you free to journey home. The qualities of this number of this year for you expect a miracle. It's a wild card, unseen forces, unexpected change, flexibility, open system, a touch of destiny, interdimensional shift, a galactic wave rider. Oh my God, I love that. I got a, I, Asa, I need a, <laughs> I need a graphic of that galactic wave rider. 13 is the ray of universal movement, the foundation of self within the foundation of essence self combined with the rhythm of thir of the Trinity. 13 is the number sacred to the goddess. Evoke this grace. It is your birthright. 13 touches you with the hand of unseen forces and radical change. Drawing this card alerts you that whatever is resisting change is unexamined or is stationary, is being catalyzed into movement. Important stuff to know for you as a Taurus. Drawing this number indicates that something unexpected is coming, something that may dramatically change the course of your life. You are being touched by fate, moved through identifications of ego self into open consciousness. Olene, the Mayan goddess of movement, asks you to surrender to the perfection of the larger pattern of your essence self. From the perspective of surrender and trust, what movement is being called for now? Pay attention to synchronicities and seeming coincidences that jump into your awareness. 13 provides the possibility of a radical frequency phase shift, offering you limitless new openings. Become a Skywalker, Debbie Skywalker. Be open and flexible, allowing change or allowing changing reference points to become dynamic allies, open to the workings of destiny offered by universal movement. Drawing this card says to be on the alert for a miracle. Whatever you have been offering in positive energy toward the realization of your dreams and vision is being actualized in receiving 13. This indicates the coalescing of the quantum potential of a miracle into its realization and fulfillment. Mm, Debbie, love that one. The number 13, universal movement. Now, because what I, it, my intention was to draw a card that would represent the year ahead for you, this might be at times there's movement and at other times not so much movement. So just keep that in mind. It's not like all happening today or all happening tomorrow. Um, but at various times throughout the year, expect miracles. Gotta love that one. All right. So um, there's that. Now, uh, miracles. Woot, woot. Hi, Gayla. Um, let's see. Uh, J-Lo, because your birthday is also the 23rd, what card deck would you like? Did you already tell me somewhere back here and I missed it? Nope, you did not. Uh, what's that? Okay. Well, I pulled a galactic card for you, J-Lo. If you don't want a galactic card, let me know and I'll draw something else. But I drew this deck out because I thought somebody needs a galactic reading and it's you. So, and then I could probably take another couple of readings. So if you're someone whose birthday is this month, let's give preference to that. Or someone who is struggling right now to understand something in their life. They need clarity. Um, put that down. JLo. Ooh, I've got community for you. And this is the Association of Worlds. And it is a parallel. 
So there's something pretty fascinating that happens here. So the 96, of course, is a 15, which is a six. Balance and harmony, bringing in family energy to community or bringing community to family. Either one works just great. This is a parallel, meaning this isn't necessarily something in this time, in this focus. I have a granddaughter whose sole origin is from a parallel. And I struggled with that one. I'm like, ah, oh, how do I how do I tell her about this? She's 18. How do you tell someone that's 18 that their soul origin is from a parallel universe? But parallels mean that there are several different realities that Earth is moving through or that any planet is moving through. So for here you get this association of worlds. If you look at that card, first of all, it's colorful. Second of all, it you know, as as down here, we have all of these different people up or, you know, souls, you could look at them, you see that it all, all of it goes back to source, right? Go all goes back to the prime directive, the prime creator energy. So let's read this card for you. This would be also for you because it's your birthday, a card that might have meaning for you throughout the whole of the upcoming year. So the Association of Worlds is a unified group that includes many extraterrestrial and interdimensional species who have joined together as representatives of the galactic community. They have worked with humans for a very long time and look forward to the day when Earth people are included in this group. They represent equality, balance, and loving service. You pulled this card because you have a connection to this group that is positively affecting your life today. This card stresses the importance of building community on Earth, which prepares us for the joining of the community of stars. This card refers to a unified group of ET species who formed a community millennia ago for the purpose of introducing, introducing awakening planets to the galactic family. This group is known by many names. From the perspective of an evolved species, there is no such thing as hierarchy or government in the way we define them on Earth. Thus, this group is a consortium of beings who work harmoniously together, but to do but do not enforce or make the rules to live by. At their level of consciousness, such constraints are unnecessary. If you pulled this card, the meaning could be different depending on your circumstances. It could mean that you have a connection to this group and are working with them, consciously or unconsciously. It may also refer to your ability or desire to create a community of like-minded beings on Earth. It could also refer to a community you are already a part of and how it either needs to or will go through a powerful transformation away from hierarchy. Hmm. On a planetary level, this card also refers to the community of Earth humans who, even though they might not be aware that they are part of such a community, are just now beginning to awaken to the unity of all life. The message may also be for you to begin recognizing yourself as part of this community. Intuitively feel the specific interpretation of this message deep within you and trust that guidance. How can you apply the lessons of community to your life circumstances? There you go, Miss JLo. Community, Association of Worlds, Parallel Realities. I love it. Uh, okay, who did we have things back here? Um, oh no, Asa, text me and tell me what's going on with dad when you get a chance. Um, okay. So sending him tons of healing energy. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Uh, okay. Who else would like a reading? Nobody said yes. They wanted one. Why? 
Why? Oh, wait, come on. Today, pull a card for I need it going through a soul pain. All right, Kamal, I'm going to elevate you as well. Kamal, the intention I have for a card for you is to help you understand what that soul pain is urging you to do. What do you need to change? Ooh. And yours comes from the serious, serious star system of the past. And it's the card of secrecy. 44 is an eight. It's also a master number. It is a master number that brings limits, constraints, and boundaries. The need for boundaries, perhaps. So let's see what this one means. 44. That one gave me kind of chills when we when it came out. All right, come all. In order to protect and serve humans in the early days, Syrians often had to work secretly in small covert groups. There was a strong feeling that separation was necessary in order to do positive work without obstruction. Many humans still carry this karmic pattern. This card encourages you to think about the issue of secrecy and how you live your life. It suggests that it is time to live your life out in the open with no shame or fear of rejection or retribution if you show your true self to the world. This may be scary at first, but it will eventually lead to a true sense of freedom and self-confidence. Here's the commentary. This card continues the theme uh, that was discussed for card 543, which was the theme of serving, saving humanity, excuse me. In seeking to save humanity in the ancient days, the Syrians became very secretive, forming covert groups to work against the negative influences in order to ensure humanity's survival as an independent, sentient uh, species. These Syrian secret societies, having positive intentions, were the first seeds that created the pattern of covert human groups that eventually formed secret societies on Earth. These societies continue today from a very innocent desire by the Syrian forefathers to protect humanity. If this card comes up in your reading, it could mean that you are either connected to this ancient time on Earth when the secret societies began, or you had subsequent lifetimes with this theme. It could also mean that in your life right now, you cling to secrets as a way to control others, to protect yourself, or to feel safe and in control of your life. This is one of those cards where you will have to look at the surrounding energies as well as the themes in your life to really ascertain the deeper meaning. A general rule of thumb is to remember that secrets ultimately destroy relationships and the integrity of a community. While holding secrets is a part of being human and is sometimes done in the best interest of others, it can also be damaging. This card asks you to be very conscious of your relationship to the idea of secrecy and use it only with integrity in every aspect of your life. So what are you holding back? Right? What are you holding yourself back from? What part of yourself are you hiding? What are you afraid to bring? What part of you do you need to bring forward in truth without fear? All right. Hopefully that's helpful. And um, let's see anybody else after that. All right. It's not on the Living Astrology website, Tom. It is uh, a direct link to the calendar. So you can book the reading and then it will take you to payment for it. Yes, it 
Good. Uh, Kamal says it resonates. Woohoo. Good morning, Kathy Miller. It's good to see you. I hope you're feeling well. Uh, at any rate, that is it for me today. I hope you all have a grand weekend, a stellar weekend. The weather here is supposed to be nice, so I'm getting outdoors again, uh, having an adventure, I think. Uh, take care. Much love to all of you, and I will see you on Monday. Bye for now.